1: Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For our radio audience tuning in at WYAD, 94.1 FM, and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates and our podcast. We're glad you all could be with us as well. Our next guest has written a really fun read I had a chance to read. It's called Hammer of the Dogs. We're excited to welcome author Jared Keane to our broadcast today. We want to talk to Jared not only about the writing of the book, but also the world he's been able to create, and also the characters re- to be introduced to as well. If you're just now finding out about Hammer of the Dogs, we'll let you know how to be able to get your own copy of it and stay connected with Jared as well. Jared, thank you again for stopping by. I really do appreciate the time.
0: Oh, man, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Uh, The pleasure is definitely all mine. Well, congratulations to you again on the book. I mean, a really fun read, and I have to say, considering the craziness that we have going on in the world today. It's great to have some escapism, uh, Jerry, (laughs) to be able to talk about. So so thank you for that. What has it been like for you to hear how people are, are feeling about the book?
0: Well, uh, we had a great book launch event here in Las Vegas at the Writer's Block, an independent bookstore that I've uh, been frequenting now for uh, several years. And it was a real community, uh, I don't know, it just uh, the community really came out to support, and we sold uh, what seems to be uh, close to 50 books. We, we sold oh, every wow. book that was in the store. So it was a great uh, kickoff, I believe, to... Um, you know, getting the book out there and distributed in in reader's hands, so I was just, um, it's wonderful to see other writers in the community, other editors, and, uh, you know, aspiring uh, writers as well, students, uh, colleagues, it was just um, a great moment, and so I'm kind of basking in that, Uh, I have been basking in it for the last 48 hours or so.
1: Great. Well, look, well-deserved for sure. And, you know, one thing that I love talking to storytellers about, especially writers of fiction, Jared, is that you all do live with these characters normally for quite some time. And then, of course, to be able to share them has to be a joy. Was that also part of the fun of what you experienced then this week, of being able to see what other people, you know, were excited about finding out about the characters and the world you created
0: Oh yes, I mean when you uh undertake the writing of a novel uh it's 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 very strange. You know you have these uh ideas about where the characters are going to go, what you're going to have them do, but uh inevitably uh the character sort of leads the author around and uh and tells uh, them where the story needs to go next and that was you know honestly the um the greatest pleasure of it is uh having the characters tell me what needed to happen next rather than me moving them around on the page and and predicting where uh where I was going to go next there was uh, really no point uh, I had a very detailed outline but inevitably the outline uh you know was had to be put aside and I just had to let these characters breathe and uh you know ignite the story in their own way
1: yeah, I think that is the cool thing. So I should let our audience know that this is a book, even though they may just be hearing about you because of this book, writing is something that has been with you for quite some time. It's actually is even something that you've been able to share with students. When did you first discover your love of storytelling, Jared?
0: Well, as a kid, I grew up reading comic books and uh, watching old uh, terrestrial TV, you know, no satellite, no cable. And um, there wasn't much stimulation before the internet uh, as a kid growing up in Tampa, Florida in the 80s. And so, um, I don't know, everything that um, that appeared on the TV, you know, Batman and Robin, um, you know, Battle of the Planets, Knight Rider, uh, you know, the A-Team, all these things were very precious to me. And so they taught me a lot about uh, storytelling. And I knew that uh, even as a young kid that in order to tell a convincing story, you had to have great characters, an interesting plot, some cool settings. And so that launched me, I I believe, to become a writer uh, in high school. I was writing for the uh, student newspaper, uh, writing songs, particularly lyrics, and uh, when I got to college I realized well hey I can uh, write for the college newspaper and and other campus publications and that led me into my uh, pursuit of an English degree and eventually um, I just kept at it got a, a, a master's in creative writing and then a, what was what was known as a PhD in creative writing at Florida State University and um, I just took off from there and, and slowly but surely began publishing and working my way into uh, one job after another another, I was a a journalist for many years, and then found myself in Las Vegas writing corporate communications for the biggest uh, resort company in the world.
1: Wow. And now here you are taking us into this interesting world uh, with the main character, Lash. We're going to get more into that. Uh, you know, I, I love the what-if scenario here, and I also like the idea in this book, Jared, I'm going to talk about, around some of this so I don't spoil it for those who haven't read it. We're going to let them know how to get their copy of it. But I love the idea of what would you do. Typically when we think of that question, it's, it's some some kind of – Disaster happens, right? Like there's a, a natural disaster, or, you know, or something we've been hearing about in the news today, a wildfire. But you've kind of given us a very big what if, um, and and I love the way you've been able to do that with the character Lash. Talk to us about how you decided to set this particular story.
0: Well, as I said, I was working in the casinos, and uh, this is a very big convention town. Las Vegas is known for its, uh, you know, elaborate uh, conventions. And so I found myself with my little employee badge, uh, you know, sneaking around these uh, gatherings until I found myself in a, um, uh, in a basically a, a giant warehouse, of space, where they were showing off the latest in drone technology and this is probably like 10 years ago and i was just uh shocked by how much uh, weaponry was involved surveillance uh law enforcement um and then military uh um the drones were everywhere. And as I wandered through this, uh, the space, I began picking up brochures and magazines and, you know, learning the language of drones and figuring out how they functioned and what the, uh, and what the connection was between, you know, higher education, the tech sector, the military industrial complex, and of course, you know, foreign governments. I was, I saw them working together to kind of, um, build up this, uh, this what I would call drone uh, weapon systems. It was very, uh, very intriguing and very scary. And so it's just a small extrapolation I felt to uh imagine these weapons falling into the hands of, say, you know, uh, bad guys or, you know, teenagers who use the, the technology to uh, attack each other. And we see some of that today in the uh, in the headlines. I was reading a, an article recently about, uh, you know, cartels in Mexico buying drones off of the Amazon website and improvising some explosives and then just dropping, um, you know, imp- uh, bombs on each other. It was very, very, very uh, uh, hammer of the dogs, uh, I, I found uh, it, Lash's predicament to be, you know, looming there on the horizon.
1: Yeah. And and that leads me to the next question. I'm so glad you said that, because even though I, I talked about this world you created, it's not like the world you give us is that far-fetched. Does that, and, and I'm no. glad you told the story from a decade ago, does that surprise you that something that you saw, as you mentioned, you know, and being able to get information a decade ago that looking at where we are today and what's possible, does it surprise you to think to progress the way they have?
0: well they have and they haven't what 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 hasn't surprised me is that drones are becoming uh, increasingly a part of our everyday uh, you know existence Uh, Mm -hmm. I was just I was just walking through campus here at UNLV and I saw a drone delivering a sandwich you know to some um, uh, colleagues of mine and then uh, on the other hand uh, you know there's just um, so much in terms of uh, technology that uh, it's changing in ways that really no one no one could have predicted we've known about for instance drone swarms and things of that nature but there's just uh, always something new on the internet Uh, social media is always bringing me um, you know the latest and it's uh, a bit startling it could go really in in any direction hammer of the dogs is obviously a a post-apocalyptic adventure but I don't see it as a depressing and dismal um, you know uh, 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 story I see it as a kind of um, uh, you know um, Epic in the style of, say, um, Empire Strikes Back or Conan the Barbarian, or those fun movies from the 80s that we all enjoyed, like Aliens or you know Terminator, where the good guy ultimately, uh, in the end, wins and triumphs, and the human spirit uh, you know perseveres. I think that's it.
1: So what was it like for you to create the main character we get to meet, Lash, and kind of see her evolution? Again, we can talk around this, but what was it like for you to kind of to have her come to you and then, of course, to be able to see the way her character and she evolves in the story?
0: Yes, well, you know, I based her off, um, um, you know, the characters that we know and love from the greatest uh, – Science fiction films of all time, you know Ellen Ripley and Alien, Sarah Connor and in, in Terminator. I, I wanted to, you know, model Lash after those characters, but I also wanted her to, um, you know, possess some of some deeper, maybe darker uh, wounds. And uh, of course, uh, you know, Lash uh, has already lost her mother to cancer prior to the uh, the collapse. And then her father uh, disappears um, uh, into in the you know the streets of Las Vegas of downtown Las Vegas, trying to save people, abandoning her in her time of need, and uh, she's basically you know an orphan and, and and spends a significant amount of time in a refugee camp in, in nearby Boulder City. And this uh, this is a profound trauma in her life, and so she's struggling to forgive her parents for you know dying and disappearing on her, and then at the same time she knows she has to do what she needs to do which is to save her her new family the her fellow classmates uh who are you know surviving as best they can in the basement of Luxor which is the uh you know the the pyramid hotel here on the Las Vegas strip and they're uh they're trying to uh protect and save the valley from a a, a rival warlord by the name of Richter who has set up shop In uh, city center which is uh, obviously located in the center of the strip so it's just a great um, way for me to kind of in some ways reveal a different side of Las Vegas Um, like I said I was an an employee working in the hotel casinos and I I knew all the back of house behind the scenes uh, you know areas and I wanted to you know provide readers a glimpse into that world it it was a a very easy leap to um, you know, imagine um, teenagers housed in these casinos, because for many years, you know, and still today, obviously we have, uh, you know, Luxor employees, Mandalay Bay employees, Bellagio employees, and there there is a, a strong sense of rivalry between these uh, these different um, properties. So I wanted to communicate uh, the sense that uh, if things go sideways, you know, these these could very well be um, survivalist camps.
1: Yeah. And, and I think again, that's why this story is so interesting. You mentioned Richter. I mean, there's a great scene you wrote where the two of them are talking, and even Lash is able to kind of let Richter know the, basically the perception they have of them by, you know, by basically uh, one of the lines that made a note of that you wrote uh, between Lash and Richter. Uh, having to do with the tombstone already been written for Richard, Here Lies a Mass Murderer, and and, and Richard saying that they were hoping for something more balanced. You know, I I think the reason I bring that up, though, uh, Jared, because it goes to motivation. And I think this is where the book gets real, right? Because most people who we have perceived as bad guys, right, don't necessarily see themselves as bad guys. They see themselves exactly. justified in, their, in what they're doing. Richter seems like that type of individual. Talk to us about what that was like for you to create that balance of how Lash saw Richter and what Richter was up to and how Richter saw, saw themselves.
0: Yes, well Lash and Richter are both uncompromising and that's uh that's a that's, you know, a part of the tension and the and the um you know, the beauty of, of that relationship. Richter is someone who, you know, believes that the only way out is through and he wants to revitalize the Las Vegas uh tourism scene and, and invite, um, you know, the uh Chinese Russian tourists to to come to Vegas again and spend their uh, their money and as a way of you know uh, making the the valley uh, hospitable again. Lash doesn't see that way. She sees people starving and suffering in the streets and she she doesn't um she doesn't want to you know uh, reserve all the resources for the um the uh, the tourists and so it's, uh, it's it's in many ways it's a parallel of what's uh, happening here um, in our city at the moment you know we have uh, all these lavish uh, properties on the strip and then beneath the strip we have people living in the storm drains you know eking out an uh, existence and there's there's two ways of trying to Understand Las Vegas. You know, on the one hand, you want it to thrive. You want it to be a tourist destination so that money comes in and and taxes are paid, and there's a way to to help these people. But at the same time, when you uh, you know wander um, beneath the strip and you see the, uh, the 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 many people there suffering, you you wonder is this is this worth it? Worth it? Is this the right way to go about this? So I wanted to express some of those concerns and anxieties within a thrilling you know roller coaster ride of an adventure story. That involves drones and teenagers.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and to that point, there will be some who will question what Lash is, what how Lash evolves in the story. Right. Um, was that a surprise for you? The way that, I mean, Lash did become more hardened in her resolve and um, her idea of what was right, or is that something that you did kind of plan from the beginning?
0: Well, I knew that there would be a, a kind of reveal like the extent of her true powers would ultimately uh be um you know shown at the at the end of the, the book. I don't want again I just want to avoid spoilers, but I did yeah. know that she the, the more resolved that she is in uh, saving Las Vegas her way, the more that she, uh that would put her at odds with um the powerful forces at work, for instance, uh Westfall the uh the uh, showgirl turned um CEO of City Center who's uh you know just utterly um merciless in her pursuit of uh, of wealth you know uh, Richter thinks he's cut a deal but uh in fact um, uh, Westfall has uh, has other other ideas and uh Lash and Richter learn this uh, the hard way and so it, it just creates this um it results in an epic battle that uh, uh I hope I don't think I'm giving away too much to say that the battle involves a uh giant genetically modified Flesh-eating flamingos, <laughs> you know, killer, uh, killer pink bird from, uh, from the, you know, death from above. I just found that to be uh, uh, something I hadn't seen or, or, or read about before. So I, I thought this is the way to do it. Just uh, you know, pink murder. I thought that would be uh, a lot of fun. Got you.
1: Well, it is a, a fun read, and it, it definitely, I think, will entertain, but also, of course, have people kind of think about um, the world that you created and the world that we live in, you know, and the whole thing, as I mentioned earlier, about intention, I think, which is such a big part of this uh, this book for sure. Again, everyone, Jared Keene has been our guest. The book is called Hammer of the Dogs. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com. As you heard him mention, he had a great release event this week. I got a chance to be able to introduce it in person. But, Jarrett, how can our audience stay connected with you and kind of keep up with what's coming up next for you?
0: Well, they can find me at my website, jarrettkeen.net, J-A-R-R-E-T-K-E-E-N-E.net. And, of course, I'm on um, Instagram, author Jarrett Keen. And then you can find me uh, on Twitter, of course, Keen Jarrett. And uh, yeah, I'm always posting pictures of uh, my um, uh, comic book collection, which has a lot of uh, rare goodies in it. And I love uh, sharing my um, passion for uh, graphic novels and uh, obscure pulp paperbacks. I just, um, you know, it's the stuff I grew up on, and and it's really what I'm uh, paying tribute to uh, with Hammer of the Dogs and the uh, this character Lash, who I, I like to I like to view as kind of the next generation uh Flash Gordon, Zorro, Buck Rogers, you know, um uh, Shadow, Phantom. I, I just uh James Bond. I love the um the idea of creating a, a character that will hopefully outlive me and maybe other writers, you know, decades from now will will pick up and want to do something with.
1: Love that. Love that. Well congratulations to you again, Jared. Great to speak with you and looking forward to our next chat together.
0: Well thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
1: Same here. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let us go make today amazing. Take care.